It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Magic, your daily podcast on the Orlando Magic, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is June 19th, 2019. My name is Philip Ross, and I'm the expert and site editor over at OrlandoMagicDaily.com. And of course, follow me on Twitter at PhilipRR_OMD. On today's episode of Locked On Magic, we'll have part two of our conversation with Keith Smith of Yahoo Sports. We'll talk about... Uh, what the Magic should do this offseason, how the Magic should approach their free agency with Nikola Vucevic, who other who else they might target, what other players they could go after, and kind of give the look, rundown of what the Magic's offseason will look like. You can hear part one of that conversation on Monday's episode of Locked on Magic. Of course, yesterday I uh, went over Jeff Weltman's media availability as he addressed the media for the final time before the uh, before the NBA draft, and, and and we took a look at what I did as well in the Locked On NBA mock draft. Tomorrow, we'll do our last prep before the before the NBA draft. I'll go over any prospects that I think the Magic should really take a look at. Um, you know, I, I think I've made myself pretty clear on that, but we'll go over some of the names to look out for, maybe some dark horse guys the Magic should go after, maybe what their strategy should be heading into the NBA draft. And of course, Friday, we'll recap the draft in full. But before we do any of that, I want to remind you all that you can check out all the great podcasts on the Locked On Podcast Network. And if you want to listen to those old podcasts, subscribe to the Locked On Magic on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, Himalaya, and all the fun places to download podcasts to your podcast-enabled listening device. If you want more NBA, though, check out the Locked On Podcast Network. Just like there's a podcast covering the Orlando Magic with excruciating detail, there's a podcast covering every single team in the NBA with the same level of care and detail. The big story in the NBA, well, there's two big stories in the NBA yesterday. Chris Paul reportedly asking for a trade out of Houston. That report is disputed. Lockdown Rockets will sort through all the mess and tell you what's going on with the Houston Rockets. Al Horford uh, opting out of his contract with the Boston Celtics. Lockdown Celtics will cover that, and and I'll talk a little bit about that as as I kind of decipher Vucevic's free agency market just a little bit. It continues to be very, very muddy and very, very hard to decipher at this point. You can find all these great podcasts, including the Lockdown NBA podcast where we just finished the Locked On NBA mock draft, so definitely check that out, as well as NFL, MLB, college teams too. You can find that all on the Locked On Podcast Network. Just search on iTunes for Locked On and the team you're looking for. The Locked On Podcast Network, it's your team every day. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kind of back to to the Nikola Vucevic thing, because I I really feel like this whole summer revolves around what the Magic decide to do with Nikola Vucevic. And, you know, the timing of when they sign the contract is important for the other pieces they may want to bring in, So, but we won't get into that quite yet because it's a little too complicated. Um, but what to you is maybe the ideal 
you know, if the Magic want to bring Nikola Vucevic back, what is sort of the the ideal amount that that would make sense for the Magic? Because I, 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 let me, I guess, explain it this way: the way I see it, all money being equal, Nikola Vucevic would like to stay in Orlando. I don't know if the money is going to be equal, and I think that the Magic, the way they're going to approach free agency, is they have an amount that they're willing to sign Vucevic mm-hmm. to. And if he passes that amount, if the market passes that amount, they'll be happy to let him walk. And I think if, if a three- or four-year deal is a sticking point for him, I think that they will try to front-load that deal as well, just like they did with Aaron Gordon. So what's your sense of what the market for Vucevic is going to look like and, and where the Magic fit in it? Yeah, so let's start with his market. I, I think you know, I think a lot of people are going to be interested. There are definitely teams on uh, that, that have cap spaces somewhere that could use a center. Everybody kind of instantly goes to Sacramento because they could use a five. There's the whole uh, Vladi Divac connect, connection there. So, so that, that looks, but <clears throat> you're going to have teams like the Knicks and the Clippers. Maybe they miss out on a guy that they really want. Maybe they want to throw some money that way to Vooch. So, I think he's going to have options, right? You're definitely going to have teams that are going to be willing to pay him a lot of money. And because of that, I don't know that the Magic are going to be able to get him on a sweetheart deal unless he really says, I want to be here. Now, what I now as to what I would give him, what I would look at for Vooch is, again, years, not dollars. I would he's eligible for up to a starting salary of thirty two point seven million. That's absurd. Yeah, no, don't Yo, would never touch. <laughs> I, I'm I'm a Nikola Vucevic supporter. I'm an unabashed Nikola Vucevic <laughs> supporter. I let him walk. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. At that point, but I would give him, and this this might be crazy. So I'm kind of curious to see how you're going to react to this. I would give him a two year fifty million dollar contract without a hesitation. No worries at all i have no problem with that at worst what you have is a very overpaid backup in the second season if if he slides and bomba is great then at that point you're still pitching the idea of well he was a he was a you know all-star now if you can get something like a team option on that third year i might even go like three years 60 million but it's got to be a team option i'm not giving him a player option but i would not give him anything more than a two-year contract yeah, I, I, I didn't think about the two-year 50 option. And, and if, if, that's, if he's willing to accept that, I think that's perfect. Uh, you know, if, as, as I've looked at maybe options to replace Vucevic, which I'll ask you about here in a sec too, I've been thinking two years, throw a lot of money at, at a guy uh, to, to, to bring him in. And I never really thought about that as an option for Vucevic because you know, I feel like, I feel like you know, these are people too. It's, it's, it's easy yep. to, you know, you know, we all play 2K. And it's kind of an algorithm and it's somewhat random about what they, what they want and how they react to, to offers. You know, I think Vucevic, if he's going to stay in Orlando, I, I, I think he wants to feel like there's some level of loyalty to him. Yeah. Um, that, that, that he's, you know, that they see him as part of the team's future, even if, even if it's fake at, at negotiating table. I think he knows what's, what's going on. I mean, I think, I think he understands it, even though he was a good mentor to Bamba. I mean, I, I, I do think he understands what direction the Magic are, are ultimately headed. Um, what I was thinking is either trying to kind of copy the Aaron Gordon deal um, to go to four years, but I agree that's a little leery. I might go three, um, but I wouldn't go more than 22 per year. So like a three-year, maybe 66, you know, maybe if we can front load it like 67, 68, and, and then look to kind of trade him on the back end. Um, I know that there's a, a thought among Magic fans, which which I don't think is wrong, so I'm not criticizing it, but... There's a thought among Magic fans who say, you know, don't re-sign Vucevic because, you know, they've been trying to trade him for 
four or five years for seemingly the entire length of his last four-year contract and couldn't find any takers. Um, and I, I think that's both true and not true. I think that Orlando wasn't getting the return that they wanted for Vucevic in those deals. And I think that, you know, if they keep bring Vucevic back and Bamba is clearly ready to start, then the return they get for Vucevic doesn't have to be equal value. At that point, it's just about getting something back to kind of clear the roster space and clear the spot for Bamba and get some valuable pieces in return. So the kind of return you're looking for isn't the same as it was the last four years when, you know, Vucevic is not your star, but one of your better players and trading him for, you know, nothing wasn't going to cut it. And, and so I think that maybe that, maybe that changes things, but, but maybe it doesn't. So, I mean, I, I do think a, a two-year $50 million deal, if, if Vucevic is willing to do it, would, would kind of keep the ship, the ship steady the way that the Magic, I think, want ultimately to, to kind of keep this momentum moving forward. Yeah, it's tough because what you're trying to do there is you're trying to thread the needle, right? You're yeah, trying it's to very fine go, needle too. Yeah, it, it's it's going to be really hard to pull off. And I wouldn't be surprised if he, you know, if his response to that was something like hey, take a hike. Yeah, you know, I'm not interested. This is this, it, is this is essentially his first and his last big contract. Correct, absolutely. He took he took a sweetheart deal four years ago. Um, he did, yep. And and in in on the flip side, the Magic committed to him for a long term deal when it was we we didn't really know, you know, it was kind of hoping for the best there, right? That this guy would would develop, and he obviously did. And now it's his turn, right? And I have yep. no problem if he says, "Hey, you, no. you I, I, I yeah, I did a favor for you last time. You need to do a favor for me." But this is where I think Jeff Weltman and John Hammond need to be kind of resolute in that wasn't us, you know, you didn't do that for us. Yo, and now it's really hard because because you and I both know there there's a chunk of the fan base that is a little more casual, and they're gonna look at it as wait we just made the playoffs and our only all star is leaving, like well what is the team doing here? But it goes back to as long as they're competitive, if they miss the playoffs next year, eh, it's it's probably not ideal, but yo it's it not might the end of the world. But as long as you're close and you're right there, yeah. if you drop down in the twenties and it wins and it's not because you know six guys were hurt or whatever. You, you need to be competitive. You need to be battling. I like the idea of the Gordon contract where you front load it as much as humanly possible. You know, you can only step it down as much as 8% from year to year. Um, but what I would do is, yeah, try to do that and get it. Because if you can get that at the end where that third year is, you know, in that $17, $18 million range, that's not the end of the world. That's that's a very easily movable contract at that point. And, you know, you can figure that out. Because you're really thinking at that point, that's percent of cap yep. there. And that's that's and the cap's going to spike up a little bit here yeah, in the next call couple of years. Yeah, six seven percent of the cap you know in in that range if that's where you're where you're at and i think that's okay i, I also you know maybe you do something similar for ross i think ross is going to be a little harder because i think he's one of those guys who vooch has to fit in a place for that team to give him a lot of money ross fits basically everywhere, everywhere. Yeah. you know there, there's no team that's going to look at him and say you know oh you know well we that that doesn't make sense for us so yeah it, it's Vooch's con uh negotiations it's funny i'm glad you led when we started this whole thing with there's you know a million free agents and there's some amazing ones out there but Vooch's might be as complicated as any free agent out there along with maybe a guy like kemba walker because there you're debating super max or not but with Vooch, it's the question is, how far can you go for a guy who, if the NBA keeps trending the way it is, in a couple of years, he might just not have much of a role left. And at that point, you're really looking at him saying, 
I don't know. Like, what is this? And then when you complicate it with his replacement is right there behind him on the roster. The the best thing for the Magic is that Mo Bamba passes Nick Vucevic and is, you know, the starting center in a couple of years. That's, you know, where you're really hoping for. So it, it is very, uh, you know, this is tough. It, it's threading that needle, you know, in the, in the absolute best way where you hope it all works out and he's back. But you have to be strong enough to say, I'm sorry, but we can't go that far. We got to let you walk and hope that your fans understand. Yeah, and, and obviously the the I mean results will make people forget about that. Um, and, and you know I think there are some interesting kind of placeholder replacements. Um, like I said, I I go like a two year kind of mega offer for for these kind of guys. Like you know because because you're I mean you're essentially biding time for Bamba to start. That, that, that's that's all it is at the center position, and and you've got to believe that Bamba's going to start. I I will admit I have seen him working out at the Amway Center after after draft workouts. He does look noticeably bigger on his upper body at the very least. Um, so we'll see if the rest of his game catches up. Um, you know, by, by all accounts, he will be ready to play by Summer League. Uh, so that's, that's good news for the Magic. Um, but, uh, you know, I would look at, you know, I would po- potentially look at, you know, maybe giving a kind of big offer to, uh, again, like two-year offer, you know, two years, maybe like 44, something like that, for like a Marcus Gasol. If, if you can pry him from Toronto, um, I think you could load manage him a little bit. Because he does have mm-hmm. a, have a little bit of injury history, so you get to start Bamba on a few occasions. You'd have Birch there because um, I assume you'd resign him as well, and you know that Gasol has playoff experience. He has veteran leadership. He can do a lot of the same things that Vucevic does. Maybe not as mo- mobile as Vucevic, but he provides a lot of the same passing, so you can run your offense through him, and so you don't have to change your offense as much. I feel like, um, and again, you'd have to load manage him a little bit more. And he'd give you a veteran presence, which, which I am very, very big on. I'm, I'm a believer of the Horace Grant theory, that you, you bring in a veteran with championship experience, which Marcus Gasol's an NBA champion, everybody. Um, you bring in a player with, with championship experience, they're able to like kind of have that seep down to the rest of the roster if, if, if they're engaged and playing well. That's, that's obviously a big part of it as well. Um, you know, you've got Brooke Lopez, who will be a free agent and probably do for, for a little bit of a raise after slipping through the cracks last season. I, I don't think Milwaukee's going to be able to retain him uh, with, the kind of, with the kind of season that he had. Um, and, you know, then I guess the, the, the well kind of dries up. Um, you know, I, I, maybe you can rely on Birch to start the first half of the season until you feel bomb is ready if you lose Vucevic or, or, or whatnot. But it's, it, it, definitely, it, it definitely feels like, you know, the Magic not only have a fine needle to thread with Vucevic, but they have a fine needle they need to thread as far as making sure that they have a competitive roster for next season or, or guys that they're comfortable starting. Yeah, if you're, if you're letting Vooch walk, what you are having to look at at that point is, is Bomba's going to play a minimum 20 to 25 minutes right out of the gate, and hopefully you ramp that up as the season goes. Birch, fine for what he is, but your hope is that he's really sliding into that third role as it goes along. And I think what you're looking to do there is you, you would want to balance skill sets. So, you know, Lopez, fine. That That's a you know fine idea. There, Gasol, again, fine, not a problem. I don't, I don't think again, Gasol years years over, years over about. That's 100%, always. yeah, yep. And then now, now if you're looking for a little different, you know, far less money, Maybe you look at a guy like a Frank Kaminsky who can come in and give you a shooting element that, you know, Vucha was 
was given you for the most part, but, you know, Kaminsky does that. And when you need a little more defense, you go to Birch and Bamba. And, you know, you need a little more offense, you go to Kaminsky. I think Kaminsky's kind of a little underrated. He had a, he was completely out of things in Charlotte for a long time and then played pretty well down the stretch. Guy Steve Clifford obviously has some familiarity with. I think he's, Clifford has been very good about scheming around bigs who don't have necessarily the best uh, defensive skill sets. And he puts them in a position where can take care of what they do do well and I think he could you know get back to that with Kaminsky so you know you're looking at that so what's important to note though is I want to go back is let's say in this world where Vooch leaves and let's say Ross says you know what I'm leaving too you're at a point where if you let everybody else go except for Birch because we're saying hang on to him all the other free agents leave, and obviously we're keeping a one-do because that's just ridiculous value for a rotation player on as little money as he makes. You've got about $17.6 million to work with. At that point, I think that – I don't know if that's enough to do what you need to do to stay where you go. They get that point, unless you have a deal lined up to bring somebody in for big money for uh, Timofey Mozgov's contract, I would stretch him. Yeah, uh, and, you, and you know I hate stretching money. I don't like putting money on the future years that you don't need to. But the reason why is here, that's a huge difference. It brings you up to about $28.7 million in cap space. And at that point, that's where you can do those massive two-year deals for Lopez, for Gasol, somebody like that. And you still you know, maybe have a little bit of money left over to play with to kind of fill out your, your rotation the rest of the way. So that's where it, it really does become a thing where I think you have to be really – cautious of you know what what you're going to do here the good news is because of the way things line out for the magic with the moratorium and those kind of things they should have a pretty good idea i think they're going to know what's going on and they'll have a really good sense of all right can we move Moscow? can we do that you know there do in 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 you know or is Vooch back in the fold and now we get to look at using Mozgov to upgrade at a different position? You know, what does that look like? And I think that'll be, you know, really interesting to see, you know, is there another position you go after where, you know, so somebody's out there that you think makes sense and you're using Mozgov's money to help towards the salary matching there? Maybe a guy like Mike Connolly. You know, could could you pull off a deal like that where you you know maybe you put together Fournier and Mozgov and you give that starting two guard role to Ross with somebody like Fultz backing him up and oh hope you can get by with that. It's it's it, it's it's cool this year that there's a lot of options where it feels like the past couple of seasons it's been well we just got to kind of wait wait this out hope the kids you know step forward and and are better but for the most part there's just not a lot we can do we're just going to do things around the fringes this year this could go in a lot of different directions for the Magic. Yeah, and that was kind of the next the next question I was going to ask you is 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 you know having said all this you know the Magic can get to pretty close to max cap space by renouncing all those guys by stretching Mozgov uh, and and you know could be big players. I mean, there's obviously you know I'm curious what you make of that rumor about the Magic being one of the teams chasing after D'Angelo Russell in free agency. Yeah, that, that's interesting. I did, that would have to be the you know that's kind of the more nucleus option yes. where that would know, be the only thing they do around. this summer. Yeah, exactly. That would be what it is. I, I don't hate it. I think you know in a lot of ways that fits the timeline really good. I would worry. What do you do with Russell and Fultz? I, I don't know that they can yeah. really play to, it's kind of the, play it's, together. It's kind of the same. I mean, I think they might be able to because Russell is at least a decent enough shooter and and. The Nets used him a lot in spot in in some spot up opportunities because they had Dinwiddie that they could play kind of on the ball as well. So so I don't yeah, think it'd be 
I mean, yeah, Russell's it, pretty but good it's, off the but it's like But it's like Bamba in the same way, like that point guard position. Yeah. You're, you're kind of threading that needle of you don't want to commit to someone too much long-term if you really believe Fultz can be the guy. <laughs> yeah, and, and, uh, no, I would not... I would not pass on D. I would never stand up there and say, "Well, we passed on D'Angelo Russell because we had Mark Elfley. Yeah, no, don't do that. You, you, don't you do hundred percent better believe Fultz is, you know, is there to be an All Star and you know be one pretty soon. So, yeah, I would, you know, that, he better, he better be beating current All Stars in his pickup in whatever pickup <laughs> games or training he's doing right now. You know, we don't really know where he's at in his recovery, and, and the Magic aren't going to tell anyone until he's suited up and on the floor. Yeah, it's interesting how you mentioned that, you know, we, we've all kind of gotten glimpses of Bamba. We've seen Isaac. Uh, we've seen Gordon. You know, those guys kind of doing their thing. Wundu was in there the other day. I know doing his thing, Melvin Frazier. I know just underwent a surgery. We got that update. You hear very little from Markel Fultz. Now, I know I'm looking forward to Jeff Weltman as media availability next week prior to the draft. I'm looking forward to maybe getting a little update. Yo, man, maybe gives us a little something on where where he's standing. I'm not expecting it, but but you never know. know? (laughs) Yeah, that's it. You know, you ask and and hope for the best. With that, I know if I'm in the room, that's that. that, Spoiler alert: There's a question I'm gonna you'll have kind of queued up and ready to go. Uh, But you know, it is interesting. I think you could do a lot of different things. I think there are some you know other guys that I think these ones. And the one thing you always want to look for is who were guys that uh, John Hammond and Jeff Weldman were attached to previous. Guy, guys that maybe they like and you you look at you know saying hey we you know this was one of our guys before at a previous stop you know maybe, maybe we'll go back you know down that well i think you know i think the, the magic would be a team like if ross leaves they could be a team where a guy like rodney hood could make a ton yeah. of sense uh wayne ellington as a shooter even a guy like contavious caldwell pope who i think is a better player than what he showed over the last couple of years he could make some sense i, I don't think what i think under no circumstances if Vooch and Ross leave, are you going to see them kind of pack up shop and say, well, we're just going to build, you know, fully with the kids. They're not in no. that position anymore. They're going to go out and do some things to acquire some other talent. So yeah, the, the Russell one interests me. It does interest me. It's one of those things where I don't pay a lot of attention for about a lot of this stuff, unless certain people say it, or if you start hearing it in different circles from different people. And that one has come up just enough where I kind of perked up a little bit. And I was like, Hmm, there is some, maybe there is something there. Um, you know, maybe there's enough going on there that we need to pay attention to. So, you know, and it's, it's one of those things where, you know, I love DJ Augustin. I love what he did for this team last year, but DJ Augustin's a backup. You know, you want him, you know, playing behind a guy who's a little bit better. And you really want him being that bridge for next year to Fultz. If Fultz is either going to be your starter, if they don't add somebody, or Fultz is a high-end backup and, you know, maybe he's you know, moving in that direction. That's where you really want to be. But it, it, it is very curious as you start looking, you know, down the line and you start looking at things. Where I think the Magic can really make some hay, if it's not for Russell, it's targeting these guys who are the next tier down. And it might be a situation where – Geez, you know, the Nets, Knicks, Lakers, Clippers, they spent all their cap space. Now here we are, we're Orlando, we've got, you know, we've got this this money left over. And we're, you know, now, you know, again, overpay a guy for a couple of years. You know, may, maybe a guy like Hood. Give him, you know, instead of giving him seven million, give him ten or twelve, you know, but only for a couple of years because you're kind of trying this thing out and seeing where it goes. So it it is pretty cool. Again, not to to beat a dead horse here, but it is really cool that they've got all this flexibility and options because it really is, you know, kind of different. 
and it's and, and like you said, it's it's really the first time Jeff Weltman and John Hammond have had that. Um, they, they you know they they inherited a bit of a hole that was left yeah. in uh, by Rob Hennigan and and that that crazy summer that he that he had that that did not work out at all. And, and now they're slowly starting to, to dig themselves out of it or, or come out of it. And you know they they they'll have a little bit of money to play with. And and the one name you didn't mention as far as guys that that have Hammond Weltman connections. Uh, is uh, uh, Malcolm Brogdon, who would be yeah. a pretty high level, you know, start, you know, not a high level, but a, a pretty solid replacement level starting point guard, who you could maybe play with Fultz in the same way because he can work off the ball as well. So, so definitely someone, someone to consider there if the Magic want to look at the point guard position and not go for the Hivey Max guys. Um, the NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. As I tell everyone when I, when I get into uh, talking about rumors, I care less about who the Magic are necessarily connected to. I don't care that they're connected to D'Angelo Russell. There's always a reason this stuff leaks out. And, and I, you know, maybe it's Russell's people trying to say, hey, there's all these teams chasing after us. Don't forget about us when you're chasing Kyrie Irving. Or <laughs> yeah. we're going to sign with one of these guys first and make you, make you decide on us before you sign Kyrie Irving. But really to me, the fact that the, the Magic were connected to him tells me that they are going to be active this summer. That yep. they are, they're not thinking small or working around the edges as they have the last couple summers. The Magic are thinking of being aggressive and assertive and, and thinking a little bit big with their free agency, perhaps. And whether they end up going after that or, or accomplishing and signing those guys, who knows? Um, you know, I, I think that they are working down multiple tracks. They're working down a track where they resign Vucevic. They're working down a track where they don't don't resign Vucevic. And, and that, again, like you said, that's a very careful needle they have to thread, and they got to do them both really at the same time, um, because. You know, I honestly think that if they don't get Vucevic uh, under, you know, agreed to a contract within the first day of free agency, he's gone, and they're going to move on. Uh, I, I think it's going to be that it's going to have to be that quick with them, um, because there's so many other things going on. And you know, if he doesn't like the contract they're offering him, then then they obviously have some incentive and, and comfort moving on. Um, but the other part of this equation to me is, you know, when the Magic do have a little bit of money next summer, um, you know, when you know Mozgov's contract would be off the books. You know, Fultz has a big salary, about twelve point three million dollars. Um, you know, Isaac will have a big ha, Isaac and Bamba will be another about twelve, thirteen million dollars in total salary. Um, even with those guys on the books, the Magic do have a little bit of money to spend in twenty twenty if they wanted to, with Augustine coming off the books and Mozgov coming off the books. But there's no one really interesting in twenty twenty <laughs> that fits any of their needs. It's twenty twenty is a particularly bad free agent class, and a lot of that is because. So many guys are free agents this summer. Um, and so it, it does kind of feel like, because the Magic aren't going to wait around if Durant opts in. They're not waiting around a year. They're not in the running for Durant. Um, sorry. Um, you know, they're not going to be in the running for kind of the big, big fish unless they take like an unforeseen, humongous leap this summer. And so it feels like they've got to do their work now to, to, to build their roster for the next maybe two years. Um, because of that, because free agency isn't going to help them much next year. Yeah, you're spot on with that. I, I would not count on having cap space in 2020 being a thing because hey, for the reasons you said, it's either 
the handful of primary free agents that are out there, they're not going to be in the mix for them. And then then that's it. There's only a handful. So at that point, it's like, great, we have a ton of cap space. Let's spend it on Bismack Biombo and, you know, all the crap that they did in previous years that just, you know, really kind of, as you said, they're just digging out of that hole. And that, that's the trouble. They so can't, they can't make the Joe Dumars mistake where you happen <laughs> to have a lot of cap room. You have to spend it. So you yep. spend it on Ben Gordon and Charlie Villanueva. Hey, and we all know how it goes in the NBA. Zach Lowe is, you know, fond of saying this. Teams teams spend like idiots. They all get dumb in the summer. And you, even the smart front offices, if they've got cap space, i got to spend it because it doesn't roll over. So I better, better use it. And again, I think the Magic front office is smart enough to, again, stick to yep. where we're going to only do, you know, short-term deals and be be smart about this. We're going to be prudent. I think that they, they're playing a bit of a long game here as much as this team was better than I think almost anybody thought this year so i think that that is important that you're kind of looking at this this thing with a with a bigger picture approach and in an eye on the future going down the line i it'll be it'll be interesting to me if as a neutral observer i am kind of more curious if vucevic leaves what they do i think then it becomes far more interesting re-signing vuce that's that's fine. It's probably, you know, maybe even the right move and I don't have a problem with it, but it's not as much fun. It's, you know, that doesn't get the, you know, all right, what's next? Then? Well, how are we going to rebound from this and who's going to come in and what are we going to do differently? And those kind of things. It's not a, uh, you know, it's not as much fun to go that route. So, so I'm, I'm curious to see what, where they end up. The, the other thing is looking long-term is too, you have to start to balance things out. I know this sounds crazy because these guys are only coming off their first and second years, but Isaac Fultz, Bamba, you have to start thinking, all right, where are we at in a few years when those guys are extension eligible? Who else is still here? Where are we building as a team? What's our time horizon here? You have to be managing all those things. And that's where I think, it's easy for us as fans to look at the here and now and as analysts to look at the here and now. And this is what's right in front of us. This is what you should do. The very best front offices live in a six-year window. Um, that's about as far out as you can go in the NBA because no contracts ever run further than that. Um, and that would only be with an extension with a couple years left. But that's what you're doing. You're really looking at that whole full six-year window to say, where are we at? And you're even looking a little beyond because then you're starting to be like, all right, so we've got Gordon now on his second contract. What does his third contract look like when he did us a favor and took this declining contract that comes down? You know, what is that going to look like? And that's where you really got to figure out how are we going to get there? How are we going to balance this? Because it starts to become a whole thing of it's easy if, right, it, it, it's disappointing, but it's easy if these guys don't develop the way you hope for. But a year from now, Isaac and Fultz are extension eligible. And you have to, your, your best hope is, you're you're knocking on their door the day one when they're eligible to give them a max deal because that means they were both awesome and they earned it. But other than that, maybe you're looking at it as, all right, we're going to let you go. We're going to wipe that you know big cap hold off the books because we're going to go in a different direction here. And that that's where it becomes you know balancing these timelines is really tricky, and that's why these guys get paid a lot of money to do it. Yeah, and 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 I think you know to, they have to keep that all in mind. Again, it's that that fine needle that that the magic have to thread, and you do have to remember that. You know, even though the Magic made the playoffs this year, you know, it, it still feels like year one. Like, this is really year one of the Weltman-Hammond rebuild. It's, it's year two-ish. Um, but they're still growing, and I think a lot of those questions are still yet to be answered. Um, you know, we, we don't know what, you know, what Isaac's going to turn into. Whether I, I mean, I, there are still people who believe Isaac and Gordon can't play together 
And, and I think this year proved that they, they might be able to, but they both still have to get better and, and things have to develop with the roster for, for us to really feel comfortable saying, no, this is a group that we can build around. Um, we don't really know what Bamba is yet. And so, you know, you have to keep these, I agree, you have to keep these questions in mind, but it, it still feels very early to, to like answer any of these questions because this is, you know, as, as much fun as the playoffs were, as great as that playoff run and important as that playoff run was, this is still very much the beginning stages of everything. A lot of things are going to change. You know, we don't know what the team's playoff future is going to be. Um, and so we're still kind of gathering information and gathering facts about the score before, you know, some real decisions have to be made. And then kind of on top of all this, you know, I think a lot of fans, the way they picture free agency is you clear your cap room, you go sign your guy and you build around him. I don't think that's how things work in the league anymore. That might've been how they worked for the Lakers for a long time. That might've been how things worked, you know, maybe 10 years ago. But I think now there's so many smart players, number one, uh, and smart agents and smart GMs that they realize the way to really build and, and get the star is draft your guys or, or have your young players, grow them at home, have kind of multiple guys that you can rely on. And then when that disgruntled star comes around with a year left on his contract, you go take your chance. And I think that's maybe what the magic are circling here is when is it, when is it our turn to take our chance on that guy? And, and how do we make sure we're in position to take a chance on that guy when it comes around? Um, you know, I've had some fans hit me up like, why aren't the magic going after Anthony Davis? And I'm like, it's not time yet. They don't. They don't yeah. have. They don't have the guys to go get him and convince him to stay. Toronto. They had DeRozan. They could trade him for Leonard. They got Danny Green. They still had Kyle Lowry. They still had a really strong roster around him. I mean, even you know before getting Marcus All, having Jonas Valanciunas, they had a strong roster already. They could go take that chance. Dallas. You know, Luka Doncic. I think you know as good as we all as good as a lot of us thought he would be, exceeded all of our expectations. They had a nice group of young players they were willing to give up to go get a Kristaps Porzingis. And, you know, all of a sudden the Mavericks look like a team that if Porzingis comes back healthy and Doncic continues to develop the way that way that we want, that we expect him to, they have a really nice core that, that can continue to build and grow the way, the way that we expect. And I think that's more how the NBA works in acquiring stars now. It's, it's, it's about building up your assets internally until it's eventually t- and, and growing and winning that way. And then eventually it's your time to go out and get that star when he becomes available. And, and you know, it sucks getting rid of a guy like DeMar DeRozan that everyone really loved in Toronto. And, you know, the, the joke that DeMar DeRozan died for our sins is 100% true. And, and I think Raptors fans are really appreciative of DeMar DeRozan. And if, you know, he wouldn't accept a ring, but if the Raptors were to give him a ring, I think fans would be all for it. <laughs> um, but... But um, yeah, yeah, I'm but with you that's, on that. I, I think that's the way you build in this league now. Yeah, and I and I think it. I always go back to something that both Danny Ainge and Daryl Morey have said time and time again. It is about putting yourself in position when the unexpected player becomes available that you can go get him. If you are not there, where you where you're going to struggle is. You're not going to be able to be in the market for that player. The only reason Boston is mentioned for Anthony Davis is because Boston has the assets to go conceivably make a trade for Anthony Davis. It is really, you know, one of those things where you look at it and you say it is, you know, they they, they can do it because they have those guys. Now, imagine if they didn't. Well, then no one cares. And that's exactly it. When people ask you, like, why are the Magic not involved in Anthony Davis? 
the Magic aren't ready yet for that. Isaac's not there. Bomba's not there. They don't have, you know, they they don't have those young guys who project, you know, as certain superstars, as you know, maybe Boston does, and that's that's important. Maybe even where the Lakers guys project. But what the Magic did is. They are making continually smart moves around the edges that I think a lot of people are not super paying attention to. And the number one was that Fultz move. That was just so, so great for them. They, they kind of snuck in there, snagged him and said, off we go. And you know what? If he's really great, here we go. If he's not, eh, we, we tried. We didn't lose anything. Not a big deal. Off we go. So it's going to be one of those things where I think it's going to be for the magic. Again, it, it's it's – you got to be really, really careful this summer because you could – the potential exists to really screw this thing up yep. long term because it, I don't think they're going to, though. I, again, I think this runoff's too smart. Now, it might hurt because you may take a step back, but if you do, you do. There's not a whole heck of a lot you can you know do from that. So I think it's going to be really um, you know, important that folks – take a bigger picture look with this one way or the other because it that that's how it's going to go. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Let's 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 end end on this on this note. Then um, you know one thing that I think Magic fans do care about. I'm less concerned about, but it is good good fodder and good clickbait. So I, I will engage occasionally <laughs> in this discussion. Um, perceptions of the Orlando Magic now. Um, ESPN released their way too early power rankings. There, they, the Magic ended up twentieth. In the power rankings, and, and a lot of these issues, big questions about what who's going to be on the team and and how their young guys grow is 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 paramount on that. Um, but what is what I mean from 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 what you're seeing about about the the team and, and and how everyone's kind of viewing the Magic? What's the overall perception on the Magic now? Are are they a team on the rise all of a sudden, or are they a team that that everyone around the league is is still trying to figure out? I mean, obviously they have a playoff berth under their belt now, so. Teams have to pay attention to them a little bit differently. Yeah, it's it's definitely better than it was for a while, you know, and this was something that being someone who covers the league more in a national perspective, but here from Orlando is I hated the whole idea of, well, the Magic just screw everything up all the time. Yep. They always make a mess of everything. That was a different group. That, that Everybody who was involved in that is gone. Except and they've been. Except for oh, Matt Lloyd, but we love Matt Lloyd. So yeah, so but, but we're we are, we are all Matt yeah. Lloyd fans here. He absolutely a hundred percent, you know. But but it's you know the development guys. Those yeah. guys, those guys are all gone. You know, and I'm not saying those guys were bad. It just didn't work. You know, because some of those guys have gone other places and been terrific. You know, and, and I count me as one. I hope Frank Vogel is awesome with the I Lakers because I really came to like Frank Vogel as as the time that he was a Magic coach. But he wasn't the, the overall right coach for that group. No, that's right. Yeah, it just wasn't. It, it didn't work. They needed someone with, with more of an offensive bent, which Steve Clifford has, and someone who is going to be a little more consistent in exactly what it is they wanted to be and do. But the Magic raised their profile. They're better than they were thought of because for a long time they were, they they weren't even the joke of the NBA. They were just no one cared. 
at all. Didn't matter. Yep. You know, it was like, yeah, whatever. They're just that other team in Florida. You know, and it was like, they're they're just going to be bad, but they're never really super bad enough that it's funny. You know, and it was just a lot of kind of sadness when people looked at it. Now, you know, looking at the ESPN thing that they put out today, definitely some truth in there of, you know, it's they're going to go as far as their young guys do. You know, Gordon, Isaac, Bamba, Fultz. And then, you know, I think they say a lot of what we said is you got to be careful in free agency. There's upgrades you need to make because, you know, they they, 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 they got to get more offensive creators. You know, one way or another, they got to get somebody else who can create something off the bounce because they just don't have that. But overall, I think it's it's improving. Now, what's important is that you don't go back to being forgettable because when you're really bad, you're kind of always out there as look at the Knicks. I mean, the Knicks have been a joke for so many years, but it's almost become one of those things where you can convince yourself. And I think this is where Kevin Durant's head was, is I'm going to be the guy that goes there and lifts the Knicks back to not being a joke anymore. We're going to be good. And no one is looking at the magic and saying, I'm going to be the guy that lifts the magic. But another couple years and then what you start to have is then you get that one veteran free agent who says man you know isaac and gordon are pretty good fultz is all right bomb is improving i can be the guy who comes along and helps lift that and then that's when it's all going to come together for the magic is when that that key veteran guy looks at everything and says i'm gonna go and i think that was important this is something that completely goes unnoticed and forgotten Two years ago, the Magic's kind of free agent signings were Aaron Aflalo and Maurice Spates. They they didn't do do a whole heck of a lot, and the team wasn't very good. But what was important was two veteran guys picked Orlando. Yep. Those guys could have gone a lot of other places. And I asked Jeff Waldman at Media Day, does that mean something? And he said, I think it does. We hope it does. It's important to us to get guys who want to be here again. And that's something that means means a lot. It means that guys are looking and guys are taking notice. And if they can get that again, these guys, they're not going to be anybody. You're probably going to be jumping out of the gym that the Magic signed. You're not going to be going crazy that, holy cow, you know, look at this guy we just landed. But what if you come away with it with, man, Rodney Hood wants to be in Orlando? That's pretty cool. Because for a long time, it wasn't that guys didn't want to be in Orlando. They just didn't care. It wasn't on the record, and they were going to have to. They, they were going to have were, to do they what were, they were here because they offered the check. Yeah, absolutely. Like, that's exactly. Like, it. I mean, I love yep. I love Channing I love Channing Fry to death. Like he was he was so much fun when he was when he was in town, and and he didn't live up to all the expectations everyone had for him. He signed what a four year thirty two million dollar deal with Orlando. Whatever. He would he, uh, the team was losing, and he would. He would joke with us about his salary and, and after games. And, you know, that's Channing. He's, he's you know, a, a jokey, fun guy. And, and that's what everyone appreciates about him. But you could kind of tell, like, he kind of checked out. Um, you know, Serge Ibaka, who I took some heat on for saying I'm very happy he won a title. Like, like the, dude, the dude works hard. He kind of checked out in Orlando. Uh, that's, that's, you got to get veterans that want to be here and want to be engaged with the championship effort and, 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 or the, the, the winning effort that, that we have, that you have building here. Yeah, that's it. And, and that's what you need. And, you know, now again, do it smartly. Don't go crazy. Cause otherwise what you do is you do what, what unfortunately Rob Hennigan and his group did was they had to severely overpay a lot of those guys beyond both Fournier to get them to stay and then go out and all those things. And I think it's, it's important that what you're doing now is you're really laying the foundation. It, it feels like the foundation was, was laid, but that was a step. And it's a, I, I always 
you know, make it as a house, right? You build your foundation, you build your first floor. Well, in order to build the first floor, you had to have the foundation. That was already laid. That's been laid now. Now your first floor is built. Now if you want to build that second floor, you got to get on top of that. And that's where you're really going. But you can't build the second floor before you build the first floor. You can't build the first before you have the foundation. It's all stepwise progression. Sometimes it doesn't go as quick as you like. But as long as you keep things moving forward, that's what's really important. I feel like, again, I say this so much about the magic. I said this mid-season, I think, where I, if I remember we were all hanging around the media room. And I was like, something just feels different. Yeah. This team just feels different. They feel they feel confident. It feels like they're not going to go on one of those it, it, 8, it, 9, 10-game losing streaks. There was that stretch where, like, when they were 20 and 31, I, you know, I think we were all sitting around waiting for for that for that thing to happen that would knock them out and that yep. they, would, they would stop. And, and we were all like, this is it. It's coming. Like, it, we just – we would all, like, look at the schedule and say, this is the stretch where it ends. Like, this is the stretch where – you know, we can stop the playoff thing. And then like, I, I would, in December, like I was saying, like, you know, I'm watching this team. They look like a playoff team. I know they can play like a playoff team. And people were, were killing me for saying that at the time. <laughs> yep. And I was like, you know, they don't do it consistently yet. And that's, that's what they got to work on. And it was just, I felt like throughout the season, it was just like, you know, we've been conditioned over the last six years to say, this is where it ends. This is where they, they give up. And, and that just never happened until finally you were just like, they're going to do this. Like, like there's no turning, uh, A, there's no turning back now. And B, they're going to do this. They're, like, they're, they're not giving up. And when it clicked, it clicked. And it's obviously different doing it over an 82-game season than a 31-game stretch. And, you know, 31 games is enough, a, a really strong 31-game stretch, it's enough to make the playoffs. Uh, I would say in the East or the West, to, to sneak into the playoffs. It's the teams yeah, that it, do it, it is, for 82 yeah. games that get the top seats. Yeah, though that's that's when you go from when in in the low forties to the low fifties. And that's the difference between, you know, being at home in the first round. And that's that's kind of where I want to close this whole thought process on. It was really cool to hear the Raptors players and then see other players, whether it was on social media or television or radio, take note of how loud the building was yeah. and how into it the fans were because we were both there and there was times when we were sitting feet away from each other and we were screaming at each other to be heard in the building. And that is awesome. And that is, you know, kudos it's, to it's the, the loudest fans. I've heard the Amway center for a magic game. Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. For me, by far, by far, even, yeah, yeah. even the 2012 playoffs, it was yeah. louder for this, for this run. Yeah, it was. And then I think some of that was, Finally, we're here and we're going to show you guys the love you deserve. It was so cool to hear the players talk about it. And it was as sad as it was. It was awesome to hear the players talk about how disappointed they were. The greatest. They did not deliver wins. The greatest failure of the season. Honestly, I would say the only failure of this season was that they didn't win one of those two home games. Yep. Yeah. and, And but on the flip side, it was cool how much that hurt the players. Yeah. That, that they didn't win win one of those games. It was it was it was really one of those things where that's something that's going to stick with me for a while. But the fact that that got noticed by other guys around the league that really matters. That matters in a lot of ways more than you know going out there and uh, you know be being a fun team, being the you know lovable team that we all adopt every year. That you know, oh, they weren't very good, but man, they were a lot of fun. That team, the Magic team was, I don't know how many people said, man, this team's so much fun to watch because they at times they weren't. Unless you really love defense, then they were always almost pretty good to watch. <laughs> but but they were they 
they made people take notice, which is, you know, that's important now is as this thing moves forward, it's, you know, really, really, you know, good to see because it, it happened. It happened in a very organic way, which I think is a lot of fun too. Yeah, for sure. Um, and, and I guess, I guess the only, the, the last thing left to do is, is to, to, is to get some games on national TV uh, a little bit more. <laughs> um, Doris, Dor- I, I didn't watch the final game on ESPN, but from everything I heard, Doris Burke tried her best to put the magic over and, 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 that's why Doris Burke's the best. Um, Keith, uh, thanks for thanks for coming on and, and, and giving us the whole rundown on, on the Magic's offseason. Um, where, where can people find you if, if, if they want to read your stuff or get your, your offseason thoughts? Yeah, yeah, obviously on Twitter at Keith Smith NBA on Twitter, pretty pretty active on there. It's you know this is my time time of year, so I'm super excited with the draft and free agency and everything coming out. And then uh, you can find my written work a few different places. So Yahoo Sports, I just had to go out there. I kind of did a lay of the land for free agency, which teams have cap space, which teams are kind of swing teams in the middle, and which teams are completely capped out. So that gives you a look. And then we're going to be doing position by position previews, and then a top. 50 free agents list right as we are kicking off free agency that'll all be coming out at yahoo sports over the next couple of weeks uh real gm off-season team previews are coming out as we uh talking about it the magic posted just the other day so that is up there now if folks want to go read that over real gm and then if you're looking for celtic specific coverage how many people are looking for that at celtics blog and then one other thing i want to pump uh just in case you get some people who are looking for something to do this summer and want to grow in the world of basketball I am part of TPG Sports Group's Pro Scout School, and we are doing a salary cap experience, which is a two-day in-depth deep dive. It's uh, myself and Rich Cho of the Memphis Grizzlies, uh, former general manager in the NBA. Uh, Now he's the VP of strategy for the Grizzlies. He is uh, basically their salary cap guy and guru. We are going to host. We're going to take folks through in a very intimate setting through and talk all about the salary cap. We've got some really fun, cool exercises plan and that's as part of pro scout school so you get this in addition to all the great content at pro scout school this year i believe there are three or four active team presidents and or general managers that are going to be there speaking and presenting at pro scout school so if you sign up for the salary cap experience too you also get access to the exclusive networking social where you get some you know valuable uh facetime with these folks so if you're looking to just learn more about basketball make a career in the world of basketball get get to las vegas and check these things out it'll be a lot of fun i'm really really looking forward to that because as you know phil i'll talk about the salary cap all day long yes. until people are like please go away we don't the, sal- the, salary, the salary cap in the NBA is is so in the way. I mean, the off season has become as big of a story as the regular season. In fact, like everyone on the broadcast was complaining about how much off season talk was <laughs> intruding into the NBA finals, which right. I completely agree with. But it tells you how much of a story the off season has become. I mean, Doris Burke was asking Kawhi Leonard about his free agency on the stage after he just <laughs> won the finals, after he just won Finals MVP. He gave her a non-answer, and she, like, I think, very thankfully left it at that. Um, you know, <laughs> mere minutes after the finals ended, Woj drops the report that the Wizards are going to chase after Masai Ujiri um, pretty heavily, and and it's 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 amazing how quickly um, how quickly <laughs> off-season mode takes over. But uh, on on the pro scout school side, um, I, if you're if you're at all interested in a career in basketball, if if you're at all interested in uh, finding a place in the basketball world, whether it's as a scout, whether it's as a coach, whether it's at a GM, or you just want to learn a little bit more kind of about the intricacies of, 
of how the business of basketball works or, or how kind of teams really prepare themselves for games and, and for each season and, and for everything, really. It just just kind of learn, immerse yourself in the world of basketball. Um, I would highly suggest checking out the Pro Scout School. Um, I, I did do it. I did not take full advantage of it like I should have, um, but it, it's a really interesting look into the world of basketball um, uh, it, it, as far as just kind of learning and understanding what goes into getting a team prepared uh, to play, uh, getting a team prepared for the offseason, just every aspect of, of basketball that, that doesn't have to do with the players. Um, Pro Scout School really covers it all really, really well, and it's, it's definitely something you should look, you should look into. Just um, what's, what's the website for that, Keith? Uh, TPGSportsGroup.com or ProScoutSchool.com. Yeah, so, so I, I, I can't recommend it enough if you're at all interested in, in the world of basketball kind of outside of the games themselves in, in a lot of ways. It's, it's kinda, that, that's kind of their wheelhouse. And, and you get to spend a couple of days in Las Vegas uh, you, and go to some summer league, which you know Vegas is for summer league is, is amazing. I, I, I've been a couple of times and it, it, is, it is a lot of fun. You, you see a lot of people around. Um, NBA Comic-Con. It's, it's, literally, it's literally NBA convention. Yeah, it's, it's, yep. it's, pretty, it's pretty cool. Um, but that's going to do it for us today. Um, I want to thank Keith again for coming on and, and giving us the lowdown on the Magic's offseason. You can, of course, find me on Twitter at philiprr underscore omd. Follow the podcast on Twitter at LockedOnMagic. Subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, the Himalaya app, wherever you download podcasts, as well as you know, check out orlandomagicdaily.com for the latest on the Orlando Magic. But that's going to do it for me. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode for Orlando Magic Daily and Locked On Magic and for Keith Smith. Thank you all for listening. We'll see you again next time for another episode of Locked On Magic. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando Magic podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.